Welcome everybody to Damage Radio, heard here live on mockradio.com where music reminds me. You already know me, I'm Marcy, alongside my guest. He is the 3WA Extreme Champion, straight out of South Beach. You know what? He's been ready since day freaking one. 160 pounds, the one, the only, South Beach's favorite son, Merrick Miami. Merrick, man, welcome to Damage Radio. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Dude, man. The, the, the sky's the limit right now for you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, things have things have been going better than they ever have. And and if we're being completely honest, I, I don't plan on stopping. Now, how's everything been, you know, since the world got turned upside down with COVID mania and now Delta? How has that been for you personally um, to f- try to further your career in a professional wrestling ring? Uh, you know, we went into 2020, you know, I, I designed a, uh, uh, you know, a, a 2020, um, five-year anniversary t-shirt, uh, for Leo Sweet, uh, which was, you know, my past, uh, gimmick name. And I, they, they never even got to hit the merch table, you know, cause everything shut down and, and it really kind of like hit me, um, but you know, it was it was also like a blessing in disguise, you know, I, I keep saying because I had this Leo Sweet character, um and it just I wasn't feeling it anymore. Like it wasn't me. Uh it was just kinda well, I guess I'll go out here and let me do this, but you know, pretend to be somebody I'm not. Um and I'm like really big on uh, you know, going out there and, and giving people you know, a glimpse of like who I really am as a person. Um, so that's when I came up with the idea, you know, well, the world's shut down right now. So maybe I should just, you know, call quits as Leo Sweet and, you know, try something else. And during, you know, those those few months, uh, I, w- I was, you know, furloughed from work and Merrick Miami was born. Um, and it was, you know, just kind of like a brainchild. Uh, at that point in time and really didn't materialize, I guess, would have been until late 2020. Maybe maybe it was early 2021. I I don't know what what is time anymore. You know, yeah, seriously, year and a half, almost two years have just gone by so quickly. Um, but yeah, you know, a, a lot of for a lot of people, unfortunately, I feel like, you know, lockdown and everything took a really bad toll on them and 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 I hate that it did. Um but for me personally, you know, I I kind of found my way um I don't want to say to happiness cuz I was bored out of my mind. Um but you know, I actually kind of used that time off uh in my favor. So So what 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 kept you driven and kept you motivated? Um really, I guess it was what kept me going was kind of what kept everybody going was, you know, no matter if you're a wrestler, you're, you know, a a healthcare worker or anything, it was just like, let's get through this. You know, like we've been, you know, as, as Americans, humans in general, just have been through so much. And, you know, you look back through history and all the stuff our ancestors went through and, you know, our grandfathers and great grandfathers and great, great, great family, you know, and all the way back through everything that we've been through, you know, it was, you know, let's get through this. And, you know, especially for me, it, it was wrestling. And, um, 
you know, I just wanted to keep continue, you know, growing as a performer and stuff. And, and even though, you know, we couldn't really perform, um, it was creating graphics, you know, coming up with ideas for a new gear, coming up with, you know, stuff like that. Um, and that was really like a big driving factor. Let's go back to day one, man. For those that don't know, what inspired you to pursue professional wrestling? Oh, boy. <laughs> this one's going to piss a lot of people off. Oops, sorry. Nice. Uh, so I uh, actually was flipping through the channels one night, um, and Monday Night Raw came on, and you know young me was like oh what is, you know what is this and it was uh it was christian versus rhino um i believe christian had the intercontinental championship at the time um and that was the first ever match that i saw um but for those who personally know me know that i absolutely hate christian cannot stand christian anything about christian i just i can't stand it why uh, even now i i don't know it's just I don't know if it was the way, you know, he was booked throughout, you know, the time that I was, you know, in in the position where I I, I wasn't a performer myself, so I, I didn't understand. Uh, I, I have no idea. I just never liked the guy. Um, but uh, so then, you know, that Monday night turned into the next Monday night where I was, you know, let me see if I can find this again. And and I had no idea, uh, you know, what channel it was, um, but I kept searching for it. And then I found it and I don't remember what I don't remember anything from that show. Um, but, you know, fast forward a couple of months, my great grandfather um, happened to be like, hey, guess where we're going, you know, Sunday night. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And he was like, you know, the wrestling matches and wrestling. just, you know, a static and, you know, it was the buildup to, I guess it would have been the buildup to SummerSlam 04, uh, uh, you know, a house show. I mean, looking back at it now, I got a ridiculous, you know, first show. Like my first show, I got CNN Angle. Uh, I want to say it was uh, Benoit and Orlando Jordan, you know, JBL Taker, the Dudley Boys, uh, Billy Gunn, Booker T. Uh, you know, it was just, just such a jam-packed show. And for a house show, you know, Looking at the house shows now and looking at them then, you know, now you have, you know, on the road for house shows, you have like your A, your A squad and your B squad, you know, and you you weren't even getting an A and a B squad. You were getting all the top guys on a house show. And, you know, to see that, you know, change from then to now is, is crazy. Um, but, as, as you know, as much as I hate the guy you know, Christian has a part in, uh, you know, being, you know, my, my kind of like, Hey, this is, this is cool. Uh, and caught my attention. And, and from that, that very first match, and I don't, I don't even think I watched the whole thing. I think I watched, you know, a couple minutes of it and turned it off. Um, but that, you know, all these years later now, it's crazy to think how, how impactful that, you know, maybe two minutes uh, of television that I watched, you know, has had an impact on my life. So it's uh, it's been a wild ride. That's for sure. That's awesome, man. So besides Christian, was there certain was there certain a match or a promo that also grabbed your attention when you started getting into it more? Um, 
I guess for me it would have to be, and I feel like this is like the typical answer, I, I guess for, you know, people in my age group would be, you know, the thugonomics Cena. Uh, that was like, a, that was like a huge deal to me. Um, you know, cause Cena back then, he, you know, he's brand new to the company. Um, I mean, I wasn't aware of that obviously. Um, but he, you know, he was newer to the company. Um, you know, now we know that, you know, he failed, was failing at, you know, the previous gimmick before the thugonomics and, and all this stuff. Um, and he was kind of the, uh, I guess, outcast, if you will. Um, and, you know, he played that out, that outcast kind of character, you know, the thug kind of character, which, which was different from what everybody else was doing. Um, so probably like John Cena and like your Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, um, those those three guys were were probably you know back then you know the ones that that you know kept kept you know the fire fueled so um so yeah that you know that's that's probably that's probably my my picks for that all right so um you start getting involved in wrestling and you start becoming a bigger fan what company were you loyal to was it the WWF WWE ECW or WCW and why? Uh, well, I wasn't. Well, I, I guess I was around, but I wasn't old enough to watch television when WCW was the thing, <laughs> or WWF. Uh, so uh, I, you know, WWF turned to WWE, and correct me if I'm wrong. Two thousand one, two thousand two. So yeah, so I mean, I would have been. I was born in 97, so I would have been, what, four, five. You <laughs> but know? you got to do your research. You probably did your homework and watch the old stuff on the network, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, I was a big fan of uh, – I was a big fan of the uh, the Ruthless Aggression era. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, you know, for, I guess, another, you know, I'm, in, you know, 24, going to be 25. Uh next year so you know i feel like the 25 and a half to 30 age group you know would say the attitude era was the best you know well i I mean i didn't get to experience that live um like i did the ruthless aggression era so that that to me you know that was mainly what i was focused on um and then of course you know they did like the ecw like the wwe ecw you know kind of reboot Um, which was okay, I guess, you know, I didn't, I didn't understand it. I'm like, why, why are you hitting each other with trash cans and stuff? Why is there a zombie walking down? Yeah, 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 exactly. Why, why is there, why is there Kevin Thorne being like a a vampire? Like, like, I just want to see wrestling. And, and at that time, like, I didn't even know what I guess wrestling was. Like, I just saw like these guys doing, you know, whatever, um and obviously you know as 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 any child you know you're like oh my god like he's really hurting him (laughs) um so yeah you know wwe was was mainly the company that you know i i paid attention to um and i really didn't even know there were any other companies uh until you know probably when i start watching oh four Probably not until oh six oh seven. Oh wow! So okay. I kind of lived under a rock 
<laughs> nice. nice. So when did that light switch go off and, and you said to yourself, I want to try this? Um, I don't know. I, I, I've been on so many podcasts and, and so many fans have asked me that question and, and I can never give, I could never give like a definite answer cause, cause I'm not sure. Um, so I, I, I guess I'll just give the, the cliche. Like, I feel like I was always just supposed to do this. Um, I feel like after, you know, after seeing that first live event in late 04, uh, early 05, whenever it was, um, I feel like it was just kind of, you know, whatever. And, you know, I had the action figures and, and, you know, my first place that was the elimination chamber, which was, which is awesome. Uh, I still have it. Um, but I, I, I can't remember. I mean, I can look back and, and I remember wrestling like a teddy bear, you know, something like that. I think it was more or less like, I just enjoyed like the theatrics of it. Um, and then eventually I was just kind of like, oh, like this is something that some, somebody like me can do. Like, I don't have to be like this big, you know, rich, famous, you know, celebrity to do this. Like I could do this, you know, wrestle bears and stuff on the trampoline and my buddies and get yelled at every five minutes for wrestling each other. We're going to, you know, you're going to get hurt and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, so probably I would, I would say like, oh five oh six like a year or two into watching the product i was kind of like oh like i want to do this and and but i don't think it was like uh i knew that i think it was more like one of those things where you say yeah i want to do this i want to do this and like it's just a spur of the moment thing and then till later on in life i was just like yeah like i really do want to do this you know how how kids say, oh, I want to be a doctor, and you ask them the next week, and, well, I want to be a veterinarian, you know? I feel right. like it was one of those kind of deals. Now, were you a natural-born athlete? Uh, I guess. <laughs> um, you know, I was on – when I was young, I was on a swim team. Uh, I was on a gymnastics team. Um, and, I, you know, I, throughout the years, I played, I played baseball on, you know, rec teams and basketball on rec teams uh tried football wasn't a fan um but yeah as long as i can remember like my whole life was just some kind of sport uh and then and then eventually it led up to you know my freshman year at high school um which i'll probably get shamed shamed for saying this but i think it's hilarious um you know my freshman year in high school i wrestled on the wrestling team um and you don't know how bad, like, I just wanted to, like, pick one of these guys up and suplex them or, you know, body slam them or hit them with, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, my, my my record for my first and only ever uh, uh, year of wrestling, I went 4-17. and 17, And all four of my wins were forfeits. So, technically, I, I didn't win any matches at all. Um, but, again, you know, back then... I was, you know, 115 pounds soaking wet. So I really didn't, you know, have a have a chance anyway. But not, you know, I know there were some other guys on the team my size that were, you know, animals. But, you know, I, you know, I wanted to try it, thought, you know, maybe it'll help me in the future when I can train. Um, It didn't because I only wrestled that one year and I was like, this isn't for me. Uh, And I enjoyed, you know having theatrics and you know talking a match not going out there and actually you know getting my backside handed to me right 
So um, when did you so when did you decide to look at wrestling schools and talk to us about that process? Oh boy! So I started to look at wrestling schools probably. Oof. I guess my sophomore year, it would have had to been. Um, you know, I had met some other uh, you know, friends that um did backyard wrestling and I and I got into that, uh, which I feel like most of us have. Um and one of them, you know, had a plan on moving to Kentucky to go to OVW. Um to train and i was like oh like that's cool and stuff like that but i was like yeah like i don't know if i'll be able to you know go out there um so i had another friend um from backyard wrestling who is is a few years older than me at at the time uh and he was training um in ohio he lived in ohio um and then he was moving back to new york Well, when he moved back to New York, Brian Myers was just then opening up Create a Pro. Uh, So I had the idea, oh, well, I'll just go live with Matt, pay Matt rent, and, you know, I'll find a job. But then I'll just go train at Create a Pro, uh, which ended up never happening. And then I almost moved to Kentucky as well with my uh, soon-to-be tag team partner, you know, fast forward a couple years. Um, But then that fell through as well. so then, you know, I had to kind of reassess, you know, my options. But then I guess it would have been my senior year. Uh, I found SWO, uh, the Susquehanna Wrestling Organization, which is uh, where I trained is my, you know, my home, my home company that I wrestle for. Um, I found them. They were 45 minutes away uh, for where I was living at the time. And it was just you know, a perfect commute. Like I literally drove past there almost all the time and had no idea that it was there. Um, so I began training in, uh, you know, I guess I don't right, right before summer. So right before I graduated, actually. So I graduated in June. So I probably started training in like April, I guess, something like that. Um, it would have been so, it was a it was a quick process looking back at it now like i feel like when you live in the moment it seems so long but then when you look back it's just like a flash so it was a pretty quick transition from um well this is where i want to go well i can't go there well this is where i want to go if i can't go here but i can't go there either and i feel like it just kind of like fell in my lap to where you know swo came in and it was just uh feel like one of those situations again like the cliche like maybe i was supposed to do this you know so right. so then was it the wolfman and the sexy psycho adrian bliss that during that era uh so bliss i guess i guess it was a year a year before i met wolfman that him and bliss had had a falling out i guess okay um I don't know if I want to call it a falling out. Uh, I don't know the whole situation, so I don't want either party to, uh, you know, be offended by anything. But, um, you know, they had parted ways at, at that time. Um, but so, yeah, so I had w- met the Wolfman and trained with the Wolfman, Ken Andrews and Evan Atlas. 
Um, and then, you know, I actually did uh, run on some shows with uh, Adrian Bliss uh, for Valor Pro. Um, and, you know, continued, you know, to train uh, and still continue to train whenever, you know, I have the chance. Um, but, yeah, you know, it's it's been such a such a weird weird little world i'm living in here how you know i went from this little kid to having this you know idea of this is maybe what i want to do and then now i'm doing it and just you know i feel like it's the little the little steps along the way that that paint the whole picture um and and i'm glad that like we have podcasts today that that us you know wrestlers or or us actors or, or whoever you know is on a podcast uh can share the little steps along the way because you know everybody just sees what they see in front of them you know they see me going out there to perform but they don't really know the steps that i took to get there um and and you know that's that's for everybody yep and meeting a guy like the wolfman who in my opinion lives the gimmick and oh. you see how he is he's amazing absolutely yeah, Wolfman's Wolfman's a great guy. So you you walk into SWO. Um, what was your initial reaction? Um, my initial reaction was like, "Holy cow!" Like, yeah, I I made it. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, us guys that were training, there were probably, I think there were like seven or eight of us in our class, and uh, our first you know our first debut match. Um, july 25th of uh 2015 we were in this big battle royal um and uh you know we still had no idea who was going over you know or anything like that and um and like literally 30 seconds before we went out there uh the booker at the time was like hey like you you four are going to be the final four and sweet is over and I was like, I get the debut and win my debut match. You know what I mean? Like it was awesome. Uh, and you know, I had I had my family there. You know, um, cool. and and you know, I I wouldn't change that for anything. I feel like it was like the picture perfect, uh, you know, debut. Um, but I thought it was great. You know, experiencing you know a live crowd rather than wrestling in the backyard surrounded by just friends. Um, it was a totally different feeling. Um, and to say that I was nervous is a huge, huge understatement. So you did talk to us about the first time you walked into SWO. Talk to us about that first initial bump. What was uh, the first thing that came out? And if it's a curse word, that's cool too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess my first, like my first actual bump in a wrestling ring, um, would have probably been two years before I, well, do yeah, I guess like two to three years before uh, I even knew SWO existed. Um, I actually uh, have a friend that owns a toy store, uh, Tom at Agency Toys in Hanover, PA. Uh, shout out to Tom. Um, a uh, indie worker uh, was another customer, and you know we became friends or whatever. And um, he actually had a ring, so he was, you know, kind of showing me and my buddies, you know, whatever, because we wanted to, you know, train in, in a few years when we, you know, were of age. And um, so, but, like, the first time, like, that that experience, the first bump that I took, I was just like, and these guys do this for fun, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm used to, you know, 
doing this on the pillows and you know my trampoline and stuff like that like i was like man i was like this really hurts but at the same time you know i kept telling myself the more you do this the more you learn how to fall correctly you know the less it's going to hurt um but yeah i was you know i was pretty banged up you know to begin with and and even you know when i did start training at swo it was just you know every tuesday and thursday night i was just Destro- destroyed when I got home. I was just like, I just want to lay here and not get yep. up. Um, but it's all a part of the process. And, Definitely. Uh, and then I, I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah, I uh, I did a documentary when the interviewer becomes a professional wrestler for a day at the World Famous Monster Factory with Danny oh. Cage. And uh, Danny said to me, are you sure you want to do this? I don't want you to hate professional wrestling after this. He's like, <laughs> I love my plumber. But you don't see me knee high, and you know what, right? You know, so I was cracking a laugh. But man, I, I wanted to do that so I can have that much more respect for what you guys do in the ring because I've been doing this for eleven years interviewing, but I wanted to have that taste of what it's like to actually take that bump, run those ropes, which now I know you stride, you don't run, yep. right? You go right to that the middle rope, yep. you know. And uh, what an experience, man. Like, so kudos to what you guys do in the ring because, I mean, you put your bodies on line every single day and none of us really know what you go through unless you actually go through it, so. Right. Right. And, you know, I, and, you know, that kind of goes with, like you said, you know, if you're not a wrestler, oh, well, you know, that that's fake, right? Like, right. it doesn't hurt. And, like, I, I, hate, I hate that whole that whole subject and that whole topic of fake uh but like not to be cliche like it does hurt like you know some things don't some things do um and i just say okay you know to end the argument anytime somebody wants to argue with me it's just like if you come in to the ring and you take a bump and it doesn't hurt then it doesn't hurt right and okay i'll you know i'm not gonna argue with you right but you know, if 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 you're not gonna come to step in and at least try it, like I encourage people try it, you know, because I know so many people that have have said and friends of people that have said, like I'd like to try that, like like please, like please do, like I encourage anybody, anybody listening, if if this is something that you you've had in your mind, just try it. And you know, I have to be honest, it's not for everybody. And and even some of the top guys would tell you, um, you know, I, I have a story about Seth Rollins. Maybe we can tell, you know, a little bit later. Uh, but some of these even these top guys, you know, have, have gone through, you know, have gone through it where do I do I really want to do this? Like, why am I doing this to my body? You know, right. uh, but give it a shot, you know, and, and that's awesome that you did that with Danny Cage. Uh, I personally have never met Danny Cage. Uh, I hear stories about him. I, I watch his product. Um, and from from what I see, he's an outstanding fellow. Um, yes, he is. And I would love to, you know, be able to train or, you know, work, you know, with the Monster Factory in the future. Um, so, you know, that's awesome that, you know, you he was available for you to do that. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I see them. They always have great deals uh for you know training classes um and stuff like that and so many top guys have come out of the monster factory uh so you know that right there in itself you know 
is in my opinion would be worth the money for anyone who um you know wants to give this a shot well when we're when we're back live in studio on bluebell i'll make sure and i had danny cage i'll make sure to have you up too so you can formally meet him and uh yeah man that would that would be awesome that would definitely. be really great now you mentioned um you know if you do it the proper way trust how important is trust in in, in your line of work oh my gosh trust trust is I want I would like to for me personally I feel like trust trust is above athleticism uh to me in my eyes anyway um you know if you don't if you don't trust the guy that you're going out there with or if you don't trust a girl you're going out there with um or or multiple you know people you're going out there with um it's a very uneasy feeling um I feel like all of us wrestlers, both men and women, we've been there. We've gone out there with somebody that we, you know, don't entirely trust. Um, and it's kind of all about feeling that out. You know, maybe they want to do something that that you're like, yeah, that'd be cool. But in your head, you're like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm comfortable doing that with you, but I would be somebody else. Um, but I think I think it's just communication. You know, I, I, I feel like you just got to be honest you know, with who you're, you're going out there to perform with, you know, um, I, I would rather be honest with somebody and they'd be mad at me than us go out there, do something that I'm not comfortable with. And now I have a broken bone or they have a broken bone or, or even worse, you know? Um, so trust is like, trust is huge. Um, and you know, uh, I won't mention names just cause I, I don't want to name drop, but like, just recently, I was out there with someone I didn't trust, and you know, I I got through it. Um, but that was, you know, that's all. That's a whole different story that uh, can be discussed at a later time. But um, but yeah, trust is trust is a biggie. Now you talked a bit about your first match already about the Battle Royal going over. Um, take us to our, your your first solo match. Um, do you remember who it was against? What theme music you had? How many people were in the crowd and the outcome? Yeah, every single one of those things. <laughs> that's uh, awesome, man. That's the first ever. Wow, that's good. So, um, so I, so I won that battle royal, as you know, and the stipulation for that battle royal was, you know, the winner of the battle royal, because we were technically still labeled as trainees, um, would get a, you know, a three-show contract, um, you know match contract so we would be on a series of three shows after that battle royal uh which obviously like i had stated i won um so then my first match my first singles match uh was against ty awesome uh cool dude uh haven't talked to or seen him in a very long time um i see him on facebook he's doing big things good for him um but you know, I I went out there. I used a uh, one of the preset entrance themes off of uh, one of the SmackDown versus Raw games. <laughs> it was uh, it, it's terrible. Um, so like, it was an instrumental version. Uh, and when I originally looked it up, I found what the actual version was. And to be honest, like I couldn't I couldn't believe that WWE like used that song 
and I understand why they made it instrumental. Um, but that's a whole different subject. Uh, but so I ended up using that, that theme song for, I guess the better part of 2015, what it was left of 2015, uh, up until I guess 2017, uh, when I switched to, uh, a weekend song, but, um, and yeah, man, dude, it was maybe 30 people in the crowd, you know, so it was kind of, but to me, that was, you know, 30 Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was 30 strangers that have never, you know, seen me before unless they were there the previous month for the Battle Royal. Um, but that was, you know, pretty uh, much my chance to, you know, show what I had. And I watch. I I don't think I've watched it back in like four years. But if I did, it's probably so cringeworthy. Like I don't even want to go back and watch it back. Like I remember parts of that match, and I'm just like, oh god. <laughs> now, what would Merrick Miami tell Leo Sweet back in the day to change things up, or what would he tell your former self? Um, not care what other people are doing. Um, I had this conversation with, uh, a few people, one of them being, uh, Ricky Reyes or Castro or Cortez Castro, uh, from Lucha Underground. Um, I would definitely say, you know, stop worrying about what other people are doing. You know, I used to be, uh, I used to be that guy who would see other people get opportunities and he'd be like, oh, well, it must be nice. You know, well they only got this because they did this or they did that or whatever. Um, but in like the last, you know, two years, I, I've learned to just stay in my lane. Like, yeah, I can see what other people are doing. Um, and just be, you know, I guess gracious and just have gratitude, you know, towards everybody else that are doing is doing so well. Um, you know, to name drop a few, like, Casey Navarro, he's killing it right now. Um, you know, Jordan Oliver, uh, Ty Awesome, he's doing great. Um, you know, all these guys that are, you know, my age that we all started wrestling at the same time, um, just going out there and doing big things for themselves. And, and I was like, well, why can't I do that? And once I figured out I'm just too stuck worrying about what everybody else is doing, I started worrying about me. And and that's why I feel like right now at this point in time, you know, what are we, September 15th, 2021, 9, 10, you know, when this is going to come out, you know, I'm still going to feel this exact same way. You know, I'm putting out the best content that I've ever put out. I'm putting on the best product that I've ever put on and and I, like right now I just feel unstoppable and, and I and I I give that all to just not caring about what other people else are doing and and I don't mean that in you know a negative way um you know just I I have my path right in front of me and and that's where I'm going you know and it doesn't matter if this person won that title or this person won that title you know their wins or, or their stepping stones don't define my stepping stones and aren't my stepping stones. Um, so, yeah, Merrick Miami would definitely tell Leo Sweet just 
Mind your own business. Do your thing. Do you have a favorite seminar that you've been to? Um, yeah. So my favorite seminar uh, would be, I guess it was a seminar. It was a seminar slash training session. So yeah, seminar um, would be Seth Rollins uh, and Merrick Brave uh, with the Black and Brave uh, Wrestling uh, Academy. So leading up to WrestleMania 35, um, this was the one where Rollins was taking on Lesnar for the Universal title. Um, I live like an hour from MetLife Stadium. And uh, over in Jersey, I saw on Instagram, you know, Black and Brave posted that they were going to be doing, you know, a seminar for, you know, a limited number of, of, you know, people. I think it was like they were accepting like 20 people. And uh, I wasn't going to send my stuff in. I was like, they're going to look at it and be like, this is cringeworthy, you know, whatever. And I think I sent it at like, like seven o'clock in the evening. And by like nine o'clock, I got an email back that was like, oh, you've been accepted. And, you know, then I was like, oh, my gosh, like this is a huge deal. Um, but just being able to to be in the ring with and talk with and just pick the brain of like somebody like like Seth Rollins in, you know, what then was right after, you know, the pinnacle of his career, uh, you know, before he got injured. Uh, but it was on his way back up, you know, to the top at that time. And it was just, it's going to be, it's going to be hard to, uh, hard to top that one for sure. Okay. So you just mentioned Seth Rollins. Uh, how about you go into that Seth Rollins story you're going to talk about? Yeah. So, um, so back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, some of us having that feeling at some point of maybe, Maybe, you know, this isn't for me. Um, we did a QA and a uh, after the, the seminar, and we did, you know, some matches and stuff that got critiqued. And um, I had asked a question uh, to Rollins. Uh, was there ever a time that you felt like you just wanted to stop doing this and you didn't feel like you were supposed to do this or couldn't do this anymore? And, you know, how did you combat that feeling to ultimately push through? And uh, he laughs and he's like, he's like, I ask myself every single day, why do I put my body through this? Why do I do it? And he was like, and I get through by just thinking about that one moment in wrestling that just makes you forget everything and just fills you with so much joy and reminds you why you fell in love with wrestling. And he was like, and it gets, you know, I can't remember what what moment he said that is that moment for him. Um, but he said that literally every time he feels like that, he thinks of that. And, you know, he just smiles and, you know, kind of kicks that mood to the curb. That's awesome, man. So now, do you have any favorite matches thus far in your career? Um, I have a few uh, favorite matches. I guess I... I have a bunch, um, but one that sticks out in my mind and will always stick out in my mind. Um, I had a six, was it a six man? I want to say it was an eight man tag match. Um, and it was me, the Wolfman, Tim Rush, and someone else. I can't remember the other person, but 
Um, so we have this running thing with the Wolfman, you know, his, his uh, entrance music, Bad Moon Rising. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when it says there's a bad moon on the rise, we always joke and say there's a bathroom on the right. So Wolf, Wolfman ended up getting the pinfall in this tag match. Um, and uh, we were all in the ring. We had a packed house uh, at the venue we were at. Probably like 200 people were there. And um, it was just one of those one of those nights. It was just the crowd was into every match that night. Like all the performers were in. Um, and, you know, we we got the the victory and we were standing there celebrating. You know, we all held each other's hand and raised them above our head. And we all looked at each other at the part of the song and, and yelled, there's a bathroom on the right. Nice. And, uh, you know that I don't know. I don't know what it is about that. It was, I feel like it was just like one of those special moments that, you know, was special for us. Um, you know, people that don't know this story, you know, wouldn't understand, but it was just one of those, those feel good wrestling moments. And I'm sure, you know, any other wrestler, wrestler listening to take a shot, uh, wrestler listening to this would, uh, you know, definitely understand and, and probably has, you know, another moment like that, that, that to somebody else may, might be stupid, but you know, it means a lot to them. Um, so that match, uh, another match that I had was, uh, another one with Ty awesome, which was a part of my three match contract. I got to do a triple threat match with Greg excellent. Um, which was, you know, great. Cause, uh, he ran a wrestling company, groundbreaking wrestling GBW, uh, out of Hanover, uh, Pennsylvania. And, uh, that's where I, you know, when I found indie wrestling, that's where I started to go. Um, and I grew up, you know, watching him perform and then me getting to wrestle him, you know, years later was, was really special. Um, and you know, there's, there's a couple like, uh, you know, the first, the first match I ever pro match that I ever had with, you know, my best friend from high school, you know, we wanted to do this together and, and, you know, we finally had that one match against each other, which was awesome. And then we became, you know, tag, well, we were tag partners first, but, you know, um, and when we won our first tag team titles together, you know, there's so, so many, I don't want to say matches. I just, there's so many moments that were just, to me, were just like storybook. Um, but I, I could literally go all night. Definitely. So uh, let's talk about the other side of professional wrestling, uh, the business side of it. Talk about the importance of um, doing your own um, 8x10s, designing your shirts, thinking what will sell, what won't sell, and um, going out there, like pr promoting yourself to other pr promoters to book you. Yeah, right. So I have it. I guess I'll sound greedy. I have it a little bit easier, I feel, than, uh, you know, a majority of, of other uh, wrestlers, workers. Um, like, I design all of my own stuff. Like, literally every aspect of it, from, like, my gear to my 8x10s to my T-shirts, uh, you know, all my social media graphics, all of that. Um, and it might sound great to some people and sometimes it is but it's very exhausting um 
I, I can't tell you, like, I have a folder, like, I literally have Photoshop open right now for something that I'm going to drop in November, which I'm very excited about. Um, but, you know, I literally have folders of just stuff that I was thought of and designed it up, and I'm probably never going to use it, but I have it there just in case one day I'm like, yo, I could really use this right now. Um and then on top of that, like I work at a print shop. So like I have, you know, T-shirts available to print my own merchandise um, and all that stuff, you know. So and profitability wise, profit is great for me because I don't have to pay somebody to design my gear. Um, you know, I, you know, obviously I don't make the gear. I just design it. Um, but, you know, I don't have to pay somebody to, you know, do the eight by tens like I have, you know, a nice quality printer at home that i can do my own eight by tens uh you know other than like if i want to get wristbands or something like that pretty much everything i can do in-house um so i think i have the advantage there uh and i also do other uh you know other wrestlers gears too um so if anybody listening is looking for new gear uh you can reach out to me on my merrick miami page or i have uh, my graphics page is mercado graphics uh, on Facebook and Instagram, um, you know, I've, I've done a bunch of tight designs. Um, I've done some gear for Dolph Ziggler. Uh, I did a concept for Chris Jericho that was never used. Um, a couple other WWE, uh, personnel live Morgan. Um, you know, some, some, of, even some of my friends, you know, there's a bunch of, of my friends killing it out there on the Indies now and they're wearing, you know, my gear design. Um, but yeah, I mean, being creative in this business is like, is huge, you know, and, and even if you don't, and if you don't have the, the ability to, to, to bring your creations to life, like find somebody that will, because, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be me, you know, I'm not here to say that I'm better than the next guy. Cause half the stuff that I do, I think sucks. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, being creative is just such a big part of this business and, and not even, and that's not even creative wise entering. I mean, just creative, you know, character wise, uh, you know, branding wise. Um, and, and also branding is a big thing too. Um, cause like you, you had mentioned or asked about, you know, promoting yourself to another promoter, uh, to wrestle for another company. Um, you know, I feel like, in wrestling like i hate the word using a brand but it's basically what you are you're creating your own brand um and you know not only are you this character you're also this business you know uh you're a walking billboard you're a walking business um so you know like like the shirt that i have on right now you you can't see it but i have an m logo on there well in the word Miami, my M logo is in there. And then on my gear, just the M is there. And then on the back of my gear, it has the same Miami that's on my shirt. And then, you know, so my eight by tens have the M and one of these coming out is going to have the hidden logo. There's going to be the M it's going to be hidden in there. And, you know, getting that, that M across is like big to me. Cause you know, how many times do you see the logo for google and you know oh that's google 
Or you see the Apple logo. Well, obviously that's Apple or Galaxy or obviously like Samsung's logo literally says Samsung. But, you know, you got the swoosh with Nike. You know, it, it's all about, you know, brand representation. So when, when fans see the M, like I want to get across, okay, that M, that's Merrick Miami. You know, um, so that, you know, that's big. And I think, I think really having all of that together is very important for presenting yourself to another promoter um, outside, you know, where you're trying to get booked at. Because um, in my opinion, it shows you really care about the product. You care about your product. Um, and I feel like if you care about your product and care about their product, you can kind of work together um, to just make the product even better than, you know, if you just cared about yours and they cared about theirs. Definitely. Well, present day now, you're, you're the 3WA Extreme Champion at the Triple WA. You're doing this interview live. I can see right behind you, the beach, the water. You're just yeah. laying in the sun, man. You're the champ. Like Ric Flair, you're living large and in charge, man. And you've been ready. Now we're going to verse someone that's always ready. Matt <laughs> Cardona. Talked about this process, man. You called him out, called him out. Biggest match of your career, I got to say. September 25th. Q-Mart of all places, so you can go get your hot dog and then watch <laughs> Merrick Miami upset the former GCW champion, Matt Cardona. Man, talk about all that. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, when this when this airs, as, as right now, I have, you know, one more, one more show before the 25th, but when this airs, I'll literally in five days be in the ring with Matt Cardona and it's very it's very surreal um on a personal level uh you know for those who don't know Matt Cardona is you know my biggest inspiration in in wrestling you know Matt Cardona is is my Shawn Michaels my Undertaker my Ric Flair my Stone Cold my Rock you know and to think that, you know, 13-year-old me, 14-year-old me, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, all the way till now, you know, has been a, a Zack Ryder slash now Matt Cardona fan. And literally in five days, like, I'm going to be in the ring with him just absolutely blows my mind. But... On not a personal level, I've been ready. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm so t I'm so tired of hearing the the always ready. The yeah, that's great. That you know you've always been ready, but but I've been ready. You know right. what I mean? And and those those past times I've been telling you that I looked at everybody else getting opportunity left and right, and I was getting so frustrated. Well, now I get to take all those frustrations out on Matt Cardona because now is my time. Definitely. Now, before you cut that promo on Matt Cardona, let's talk about that punk that gave you that Zack Ryder deck card. Yeah, what card. Work. Yeah, talk about that, man. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I just show up to the show, you know, minding my own business, uh, you know, trying to stay away from these greasy fans as much as possible. And, you know, this fan comes up to me, has, you know, something shiny in his hand. So I'm like, okay, you know, I like shiny things. Um, You're the champ. Hey, of course you I, do. I got something for you. And uh, 
And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, like, cool. Like, what is it or whatever? And he hands it to me. And, you know, it's this trading card of uh, a Zack Ryder. Um, and he says, you know, good luck next month. And I'm like, the level of disrespect that one could have. Right. Like, like 13-year-old me loved that card. And, and, and to 13-year-old me, like, that's a collector's item. But now... I could, I could care less about that card because I'm I'm getting the real deal, you know. I'm getting the real deal in in just a few days, and you know, and and maybe when it's all said and done, I'm gonna have my own trading card, and it's gonna be me standing over top of Matt Cardona, you know. Right. And and then if that's the case, which I'm positive it will be, I'm gonna take that trading card, and I'm gonna give it back to that fan. And I'm going to be like, well, here you go. You know, like you doubted me. I proved you wrong. Now, right. you know, go on. Um, but, yeah, the level of disrespect, I was just like, come on. Like, <laughs> you, you, you think he's he's um looking past you because he's doing a convention that day in Oaks, PA at RetroCon. He's going to be all signing all these fans, eating, yeah. doing whatever. Yeah. You know what? I I don't know because I I saw that he was also announced for Friday night, uh, for GCW, uh, and he has some sort of major announcement, uh, no pun intended, and I'm just like, okay, well, shouldn't shouldn't you be getting ready for our match? You know, you got all all this other stuff ready, like. And, and I've said it before, and I'll and I'll say it again. You know, sure, Matt Cardona's wrestled the best of the best, and whatever. But like, he's never been in the ring with me. There's only one Merrick Miami, and I don't know. You know, I I I think he's to me. It seems like he's more worried about you know the money aspect of let me uh you know. Let me sell some merch. Let me make some bucks, you know, and go on with my way. But, like, he also has to remember, like, he's got a match. Whether or not he has a match, you know, the Friday night, GCW, I don't know. But he's got a match, you know, Saturday night, and that's against me. So he can sign all the autographs, take all the pictures he wants, you know. So I don't want to say he – I don't want to – I don't want to say that he's overlooking it. I think he's – overconfident okay so i'm i'm mean gene okerland this is the old school monday night raw matt cardone is right behind me what do you gotta say to him i mean there's nothing really that i haven't said you know thus far uh in any other other shoot promo or anything you know matt you say you're always ready you say you're always there and you always want someone to take a chance on themselves take an opportunity uh you know and make it theirs well i've been ready and i took the opportunity i took the chance i spoke the words i called you out you answered you accepted and now you have to deal with the ramifications Point blank. Yep. So now the floor is yours, man. If the Damage fans want to follow your journey, where can they go? If they want to buy merch and support you, the floor is yours to tell them all. 
yeah, so you can give me a follow. It only took me six years to get everything all the way across the board, but you can follow me all across the board, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, uh, Facebook, at Merrick Miami. Um, you can buy my merch at pretty much any you know show that I'm on. Um, I'm very lenient, so like if there's some kind of merch that you like to see, you can just you know shoot me a DM on either one of those. Um, I have pictures of my merch literally on everything. Um, or you can visit uh, you know prowrestlingtees.com/diamondmerch. Uh, I have two designs on there, one exclusive to Pro Wrestling Tees that you can only get on Pro Wrestling Tees, and I plan on keeping it that way. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, I have, like I mentioned a little bit earlier, I have something in November coming that I'm really excited to release. Um, whether or not that's going to be um, materialized as, as physical merchandise or if it's just going to be a graphic or or, or what have you. Uh, I'm not sure yet, um, but definitely stay tuned for that. And definitely stay tuned for later this week. Uh, I will be posting a video package. Um, hopefully, uh, my plan is to release it Friday the 24th um, to get people excited for the Saturday night show. Uh, and... Yeah, you know, it's uh it's been a long time coming. Uh this match has been 11 years in the making. Uh and you know, I guess, you know, my kind of final words to Matt would be, you know, one I've been ready. I don't know how many times I have to say it. And two, like I understand that this is this is just another match for you. And to me like this is this is everything this is this is my wrestlemania moment like this this to me this is me to prove to myself you know that that I, i am as good as i think i am that i can hang with the best of the best and that i should be at a high level that that i am now and that i've been desiring um so I'll say it again, you know, I've, I've been ready. Uh, I've been ready. I've been ready. You know, you got to You just got to come September 25th to the Q Mart Quaker town farmer's market and see it for yourself. Merrick's going to shock the world and start the next chapter of this, this crazy journey. Yeah. And, and I can't wait to see, you know, um, win, lose or draw. You know, I'm I'm coming out of the other side of this match, um, with uh, with big things, uh, you know, big things in the future. Well, we can't wait to have you back, man. I'd love to have you back after this uh, big match of your career and uh, talk more. Yeah, absolutely. That would be great. And hopefully, when we talk again, I'll be telling the story of that one time I beat Matt Cardona. <laughs> love it, man. So, damaged fans, member, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MonkaRadio.com, where music and minds meet.